Welcome into the Wag Me Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Colin Guarini, joined by my co-hosts, Nick Musto, Tyler Ripnack, Alex Morrison. How we doing, fellas? Pretty good. Pretty good. Doing all right. <laughs> Pretty lackadaisical there, it's, guys. Come on. It's a, it's a, it's a Wednesday it's hump, afternoon. You know? It's hump day, baby. We're getting through the week. You know, only two more days. And then we can dance the night away, you know? It was a tough loss this Listen, week. I have, yeah. <laughs> I have reason to be tired. I, I found out I have COVID yesterday, and I've been at work since 5.30 this morning. I, I want to go to bed, to be honest. I need, like, a nice two-hour nap. Give me, like, 45 more minutes, and you can sleep for, like, 16 <laughs> hours then. Awesome. At least you have a, remo- a remote job to accommodate your spell with COVID, right? Yeah, no, it's very handy. I can. I don't need to use sick days or vacation days i can just work from home and hate myself while doing it, but. <laughs> i am gonna visit how i did last week in our wag me war zone i i i'll be honest i thought i was gonna pull it off i ended up losing by 10 to the other colin colin wheeland um he is the tattletale strangler that's his team's name i am mixing it up for my trade for joe mixon i lost by 10 but I had Debo and Jeff Wilson going into Monday night. I was down by like 55, and Jeff Wilson rips off like a 35-yard touchdown. So I'm like, all right, let's do it again. And then Debo Samuel rips off a 57-yard touchdown. I'm like, all right, let's do it again. And then we get so close. Debo had like a 35-yard catch that I thought he was going to take to the house. Um, ended up coming short, and I'm 1-3. and three. I'm like one of three or four teams that's below 500. I know, Al, you are one of those other teams, but you have a little more positive spin from this past week. It is a great day to be alive. That's all I have to say. Uh, I never thought I'd be so happy to be one and three in fantasy football, but um, but today is the day that I am definitely happy to be one and three in fantasy football. Um, despite being the third lowest scorer of our 12-man league, I had a lucky matchup uh, and was able able to pull out that first yet hardest W. What'd you tell Tyler and I a couple minutes ago? What was your opponent? Uh, <laughs> 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 um, actually, I don't remember exactly what I what word I used, but uh, they they were definitely scared to face me. You know, they saw me coming. His his team just didn't want to play for him. You know, I definitely definitely set the tone early, and and they knew it was up. Nick, you won the big. You won the biggest week. Um, out of anybody in our league tell us about your shootout let me me lay the land here okay so previous to this weekend i bullied my opponent tyler flood in a trade i got leonard Fournette for like juju smith schuster and like two slices of ham and i'm going up against him he he doesn't have a win yet i'm one and two he's zero and three it should be an easy win. He's starting guys like Josh Reynolds and Rashad Penny, people who haven't done anything so far this season. And my team explodes. It does great. I put up 157, and then Tyler Flood comes out of nowhere uh, into the Monday night game. I'm winning by five points, and he has George Kittle. And I like I went to bed. I didn't watch the game because I didn't want to like I, I I didn't want to waste my time. There was no point at that point for me to even pay attention and I wake up and George Kittle uh did what I hope George Kittle would do and he put up 4.4 points and I eked out the win 
he has to feel heartbroken. Oh, he is for sure mm-hmm. heartbroken. To put up 156 in our league, 12 teams, you know, three wide receiver league, the lineups are spread thin. And to have – all right, so he had a fat goose egg in his lineup. Chase Claypool scored zero, 0 for 2 on his two targets. But he had Russell Wilson, Austin Eckler, Rashad Penny, Mike Evans, and Josh Reynolds all go over 20 uh, that sounds like a surefire win when you have five guys exploding on the week, four of which are over 27. And to come out that with a loss, that's rough, buddy. I mean, Al, you won scoring 75 less points than him. Damn straight. Tyler, your week was just lackluster. I have hope for my team. Just looking at the game right now, actually, I have hope. I think Najee can pick it up in the future. I took Nick's advice this week. I took out Darnell Mooney from my lineup, and that was a mistake. That was a mistake. (laughs) He finally got some points on the board. He got four receptions for 94 yards, and I replaced him with uh, Joshua Palmer on the Chargers, who got me three and a half. Not that that would have won me the game, but it would have looked better. It would look better. It would be a better moral victory. I think going forward, you have Jacoby Myers coming back. You have Melvin Gordon on your team. That's big. Things are coming up Millhouse for you, buddy. Uh, Me, on the other hand, you know, I'm I'm one and three. I I I like my starting lineup. Like I I have Debo and I have CD to form a strong one-two punch. I have Joe Mixon and Jeff Wilson to occupy my running back core. Throw in a little bit of Romeo Dobbs a dash of Alan Lazard, and a little pinch of Tony Pollard, and I think I can make some damage. Um, can we get to playoffs? That's a real question coming out of the cellar at 1-3. and three. Um, To be determined. Don't count out 1-3 and three teams yet. That's all I'm saying. Oh, I'm not done yet. Nick, it's time for smoke or fire. All right. So this segment, um, I'm going to name – uh, a guy. I'm gonna name a player, and I'm gonna dra- I'm gonna direct it towards one of you guys. And it's someone who's had a decent performance either last week or over the last couple weeks. And you're gonna tell me whether or not you think it is smoke, meaning it's it's not something to bet on for the future, or if it's fire, meaning it's something that will continue. Um, makes sense. Sounds I'm fu- good to me. Picking up what you're putting down. Yeah, makes sense. All right. All right, so we'll start here with Alex. Uh, TJ Hawkinson with a 40 bomb last week. He was the highest fantasy point scorer of week four. Is this smoke or fire? Um, I'm not going to sit here and say that TJ Hawkinson is going to put up 40 every week because I don't think any tight end, even you know your Travis Kelsey's of the world, is going to do that every week. Uh, but I do think it's fire. I think TJ Hawkinson is a very good tight end, and Jerry Goff uh, and him seem to have a good relationship. Um, so if that Detroit offense is going to keep playing in shootouts like they've been all season with their defense not doing too much, then, yeah, I, I like. I think that's fire. Yeah, I agree. So their offense has scored the most fantasy points this season, and their defense has given up the most fantasy points this season, which is like the perfect mixture for fantasy football. Um, yeah, I've never been a high, uh, uh, too high on Hawkinson in the past, but – I do realize, recognize that he's a very talented tight end compared to a, what the position looks like across the league. So, I mean, I think there could be some fire there, maybe like some embers 
Um, Colin, Al Lazard, smoke or fire? Fire. Um, he so the first two weeks he was back. He he missed week one with that ankle injury. I believe he got stepped on in preseason. But so his first two weekends, uh, week two and three, he had an end zone trip in both of them. So once to think like, oh, you know, you can't rely on scoring a touchdown every weekend as Aaron Rodgers' number one target and red zone favorite. Um, so you think he needs to find the end zone to have fantasy relevance. Well, no. Last week he led the team in targets, yards, um, receptions, I believe, as well. He actually, Romeo Dobbs might have had more receptions. Anyways, he had six for 116 last week. Um, he was the go-to in a back-and-forth game. He's he's clearly, if he's not clearly the top target for Aaron Rodgers, he's a, a 1A, 2, Romeo Dobbs, 1B. And his veteran presence, his red zone um, assertiveness, his dominance when it, in close range, you know, last year he had eight touchdowns off just 40 receptions. So I think it's fire. I think Alan Lazard, he's averaging let's see over 14 points per game um i i believe he's a solid consistent week in week out option for your starting lineup uh yeah i agree i think it's fire to a degree you put it well dobbs is gonna have his weeks and lazard's gonna have his weeks um i love lazard in the, in the red zone he's a huge end zone threat so yeah it's fire you're definitely comfortable starting him as your wide receiver three or your flex in, in a league like ours that the deeper leagues. All right, Tyler, uh, let's talk about Tyler Lockett. Has his start been smoke or fire? 19.7 points over in, so sorry, the last three weeks he scored 19.7 points, 16.6 points, and 13.1 points. Yeah, I'm going to say Tyler Lockett's fire. I mean, he got, he had his lower week last week with 13.1 points, but that also counts in a fumble he lost, so that would have put him up at 15. I think he's good for like at least 12 to 15 a week. And something else is Geno Smith has really proved that he can get the job done. He's making those throws. So they might have a tough week next week against New Orleans, but aside from that, I think he's he can be in your lineup. All, uh, all yeah, fire. I mean, I, I lean a little more. I See, I picked this one because I thought you'd say smoke. I lean a little more to the smoke side here just because, I mean, yeah, like Geno's been balling the start of the year. He's got – one of the better completion percentages. He's doing better statistically than Ross, which is ironic. Um, but I'd, I'd personally lean smoke just because, I I mean, DK's there. The offense struggles. They could run it because Pete Carroll is traditionally a run-first coach. I'm, I'm fading a little more than you are, I think. Um, but I understand your reasoning. Alex, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, is this smoke or fire? Uh, so this is a tough one because if you would have asked me uh, after week two, I probably would have said smoke um, because, you know, he had a hot start, 23.1 week one, 16.6 week two, um, 15 and 22 in the last couple weeks. Um, he's he's having a great start to the season, um, and that's definitely a passing offense, which, you know, should scare many fantasy owners for any running back. Um He's getting touches taken away from him, or at least snaps taken away from him, uh, especially near the goal line, which is even scarier. However, he still had a uh, receiving and a rushing TD last week. 
with all this going against him. So right now I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to say that's fire still. I mean, it's definitely the most worrisome of the list so far, but I'm I'm still saying fire on that. Yeah, I agree. He's gonna he's gonna he's gotta fall off the plane at some point. Like there's there's no way he can keep this up. He's just insanely efficient with the number of touches he's getting. He's putting up tons of points. And it's because of the touchdowns. I think he has five touchdowns in, throughout the four weeks. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but I believe that's what he's got, which is ridiculous. I mean, there's guy like he's on pace for over 20 touchdowns. Kind of like, come on. Um, so if the touchdowns do fall down, it's a little bit of smoke. But yeah, if you asked me two weeks ago, I'd say smoke. It's harder to say smoke now because we've had four straight weeks of Clyde just blowing up our expectations. And, and the um, other reason I'd say fires three of those five touchdowns you're talking about were receiving. So if you're worried about the yeah. pass game, I mean, he's clearly involved, especially near the goal line. Uh, Colin, Devin Singletary, smoker fire, 16 targets in the last two weeks. This one's really hard for me. And I'm just going to jump the gun and say it is fire. The snap count percentage in Buffalo the last couple weeks, Devin Singletary, Week one, 59% of the snaps played. Week two in their blowout win where the starters didn't play in the fourth quarter, 54%. Week three, 73%. Week four, 88% of snaps were played by Devin Singletary in that backfield. Um, I, I really didn't realize the majority he has gained in the Buffalo backfield. I mean, James Cook played for two plays last week. Zach Moss for six in a very competitive um high stakes game against Buffalo or Baltimore excuse me he plays for Buffalo uh, but no you are right he has 16 targets in the last two weeks last week he had 15 total touches the week before 18 total touches the he came out slow in the first two weeks only totaling 12 points uh, with no trips to the end zone week three he found the end zone uh, cashed in on a monstrous 24 point performance but if you look at his dominance of the backfield in the highest octane offense in the league, the man is like the the guy in Buffalo is Devin Singletary, and Buffalo's gonna be one of the fastest paced offenses, one of the highest scoring. You want the starting running back. He right now he's only the RB twenty three, so he's not really overachieving where he was on pace for last year to finish the year. Um, I'm really encouraged by the dominance and snaps he's playing, the touches he is displaying, and his involvement in the receiving game. Multiple receptions in all games, uh, a game with nine receptions. I'm in on Devin Singletary. I, I don't think you're going to get RB1 caliber production, but I still think he was definitely underrated, underestimated in the offseason. And if you have him on your team, you got a good, you got a good price for him. Yeah, I agree. We didn't expect the targets coming into the season, and that's really what's made him, given him a bump up. They've kind of phased out Zach Moss, too, which is what we saw saw in the first two weeks, a lot of Zach Moss. Um, and now it's pretty much Singletary's backfield with James Cook splashed in here and there. Um, yeah, the receiving is what really makes him fire here. I think that if that goes away at all, if he's down to, like, four targets a week, you're going to be a lot less happy than what, with what you're – you're going to be a lot less happy with what you're getting out of Singletary. It all um, it all depends if James Cook is actually going to be a presence and used in this offense. I mean, his snap count has deteriorated. 
he played in 5% of snaps week one, 12% in week three, 3% in week four. Like, he's just not utilized. Historically, Buffalo over the past few years has been a 60-40 split between Devin Singletary and the other backs. That's really not the case this year. It, it appears like he's stretching above. He's got the seventh highest snap share in the league among among running backs, and I, I think he's safe for the rest of the year. All right, Tyler, last one here. Michael Pittman, smoker, fire. So in the first week of the season, he had 27 points. He missed week two, which sucks because it was against Jacksonville, and it probably would have been a big week. And he met, he played in week three with 15 points, and then week four, a bit of a dud against Tennessee with six points. Is this smoke or fire from the two two great games for Pittman to start of the year? Honestly, right now I'm kind of scared of Pittman because – he did lead the team this week with six targets. He tied for six targets. But that is definitely down from he got nine targets the week before and 13 targets week one. So that this was the first game Jonathan Taylor was out. So is this going to continue as long as Jonathan Taylor is out? It might. So I would expect lower production from him. But he's still obviously the best receiver on that team and going to get the most of the receptions there. Yeah, I'm. I I agree. I'm scared of the Colts' offense right now. Um, Colin and Alex, are you guys also worried about what the Colts look like with Taylor and Pittman? I was worried what they looked like with Taylor on the team. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm a little skeptical about it. If they become too one-dimensional, like I I can see it going one of two ways. They can't run the ball without Jonathan Taylor. So they have to pass much more, therefore equating to more targets to Michael Pittman. Or they become too predictable, too one-dimensional. Michael Pittman's the only playmaker in their skill set arsenal right now. Um, And defenses are just going to be able to hone in on him and shut him down. I think the latter is more probable without Jonathan Taylor. I feel like this offense needs him to perform as a unit. And last week... You know, it's a rather tough matchup with Tennessee, but it doesn't get any easier on Thursday night. I think tomorrow night's going to be a clear indicator whether or not Michael Pittman and the Colts as a whole can perform uh, without their star running back. So he's like, um, real quick, buy low, sell high. What do you think? If you have a panic seller of Michael Pittman – I would for sure give him offers. I mean, he had nine targets in week three, 13 in week one. Um, I th- I think he's exactly who we thought he was heading into the year. He's a volume hog. He's not really going to impose himself dominantly down the field. He's a possession guy, and Matt Ryan is going to look for him very often. All right. By low. That's at layman's terms. Al, I want to hear your hot takes. How did – so you introduced the segment last week. How did they translate? Um, I can really only speak on one of them, unfortunately. Um, my first hot take was Dak, when he returns, um, is going to be in the top five. So it doesn't look like he's going to return this week, which he was kind of hoping he was. He, was really, he wasn't even limited in practice today. He was doing work on his own on the side. Um, so it seems like he's not going to be available for this week, uh, which is a little bit tough. But I still have high hopes for him to finish. Um, as one of the top quarterbacks once he does return. Um, And the other one was Amon Ross St. Brown uh, finishing as a top three wide receiver for fantasy. And, you know, 
despite the injury. Um, I still I still think this is very possible. I know we talked about earlier when we were talking about Hawkinson that uh, that Detroit offense is the highest scoring fantasy wise, and the defense gives up the most. Uh, so I think a Dak being held out for a couple more weeks is going to benefit your odds of him coming back as a top five quarterback because you don't want him rushed out there and underperforming early on. I feel like it would be wise for Dallas in order to, you know, if they thought like us as fantasy managers, they would hold him out until he's fully ready, maybe after that week eight bye even, um, for him to, to produce at the highest efficiency level. Whereas Amon Ra, I feel like that really hurts his um, his odds of finishing top three with having an absence. In fact, it pretty much takes him out of the running. Um, however, he's averaging like the most or second most points among wide receivers. I'd have to see where he compares with Cooper Cup. But um, I, I don't know if he can catch up at this point missing a game. Yeah, no, I agree. And I was going to I was going to get into that um, with Dak, with what you said. He's going to be so eager to get back. I think he's going to come back, um, you know, better than he started in that performance in week one. Um, and with the Monra, I do. You're right. I mean, it pretty much does take him out of the running but you know you never know if they keep playing in those shootout games other guys might have an off week you know Jefferson might get locked up and uh, might get injured and he's out for the second half and same with uh, Cooper Cup so you never know Um, definitely downgrades my uh, confidence level on him you know I had Monra at a uh, 60% confidence it definitely takes it uh, sub 50 probably close to 40 there Um, but it's not gone. What uh, about what about Austin Eckler? Yeah, let's let's get into him. Austin Eckler has jumped from the RB thirteen, I believe he was, to the RB three. Um, and I said it last week, and I'll say it again. Uh, through three weeks, he had zero touchdowns, and now he has three touchdowns and is the RB three. So I, I knew he'd be getting into the end zone, and he did, and showed that he is that good when he can get into the end zone. So for the Chargers to keep winning, he's going to keep getting into the end zone, and uh, my confidence on him is going to go up to about a 45%. I was at a 35%. I'm going to go up to 45 with him. I'm I'm red hot over this. I feel like I'm willing. I think I said like a 6 last week. I'd be willing to say it's like an 8.5 on my thermometer out of 10. Um, he's RB3 right now, and now it's an even game with everybody. With him there, he's not playing catch-up anymore. I feel like... He's going to finish top three just as we were expecting him to at the start of the season. He's there right now, and he'll persist there. Yeah, especially with um, how inconsistent all of the number one running backs have been. It's it's really anyone's position to take. Nick? Yeah, Chubb's going to find his way out of the top three eventually. Um, and Eckler's not going anywhere. Just the receiving upside. I I – when you brought this up last week, Alex, I said he was still my number one running back. And I look really smart now. I'm probably, he's probably <laughs> not going to finish number one. <laughs> but he was the number one running back this week. So, yeah, I was, I was very high on Eckler preseason, and I'm, I'm still very high on him, obviously. So, um, so I did want to bring up a couple new ones that uh, not necessarily just came up last week, but um, I'll try to introduce a couple, a couple more each week as we – Uh, go through and then keep evaluating them as the season goes on. Um, So the first one I wanted to bring up 
is going a little different. It's going away from the player side of things and more towards a generalization. But um, I say that even with Eckler's performance, no running back will finish in the top five overall fantasy position players, so non-quarterbacks. So I'm basically saying that the top five players in fantasy are going to be wide receivers or if somehow a tight end sneaks in there. Top five flex are going to be... Top five flex positions are going to be wide receivers. Hmm. Um... I disagree. I disagree. I would put my temperature at like a a two and a half, two, three. I think Saquon's having a monstrous year. Um, Eckler's up there. You know, CMC can catch fire if Nick Chubb persists. Right now we have Cooper Cup, the highest scoring flex. Stephon Diggs right behind him. Tyreek Hill third. And then Saquon's fourth currently with Jettis at five and then Chubb at six. I think it's going to play out very similar to that um i think uh, you know we are seeing the league shift into a more past dominant um, league that's why those wide receivers are up at the top however i feel like a, a running back's volume can't be matched in the in the long run i mean saquon had 31 carries this past week um he's coming out without any scratches on him too so i i i'm i'm cold towards this one i think at least one running back will be in the top five flexes at the end of the year yeah, I'm gonna agree um, with you there. I'm gonna say there's at least one running. I I'll put it at one running back in there only. I don't know who it'll be. Maybe Saquon, but I can definitely see a running back in there. Um, if we're talking about top five, uh, last year it was Cup, Jonathan Taylor, Devontae Adams, Austin Eckler, and Debo Samuel. Um, so three receivers, two running backs, and one of those receivers was a running back for the second half of the season. So. I'm going to – yeah, I'm going to agree with Colin and uh, Tyler and say that I think that there will probably be – I'm going to go with at least two running backs, probably two running backs and stick it right there um, in the top five fantasy scores. Yeah, so I, I'm i I'm 40% confident on this take, honestly, um, which is pretty high in comparison to some of my other takes, um, or about average at least. Um my whole thing is I think Cooper Cup, Jefferson, uh, Diggs, they're all going to be ahead of him. Tyree Kill's a bit of a question mark. Uh, I'm not sure if he's going to be able to keep producing. Uh, I think he can, but you never know. I think Debo's going to get up in there in the top five. Um, we haven't seen much from Devontae Adams this year, but I think we have to see something eventually. Uh, very high on Amonra. So oh. truly, I think all of these guys have the potential to be in the top five over some of these running backs. Jamar Chase is another name you have to throw in there. I mean, he he could have a 45-point week, and all of a sudden he's the wide receiver one instead of wide receiver 12. 100%, yeah. I'm not saying it's um, impossible. I'm just going to take the other odds. What's your second one? My second one is going to the position I haven't touched on yet, uh, the tight end, and that's that uh, Pat Fryermuth is going to finish as a top-five tight end. Um, tight end play this year has kind of been shit through four weeks, uh, with the exception of maybe Travis Kelsey. Everyone's having an off week here and there. I know Hawkinson's doing good. Um, but, you know, your Kyle Pitts, Darren Waller, George Kittle, guys that everyone drafted as these are the guys, you know, draft these even over some 
wide receivers or running backs to play, play in your flex. They're disappointing this year. Um, Pat Fryermuth has been very, very consistent. Um, he's He now has a new QB with the Kenny Pickett era. Uh, young QBs almost are forced to rely on their tight ends, running backs, um, other easy dump passes pretty much. Um, Matt Canada is still the Steelers' offensive coordinator, so he's not going to force the ball down the field, which pisses a lot of Steelers fans off, but besides the point, um, he's a great option. He has great hands. I think he has like three drops in the last full season that he's played. Um, so, yeah, I think he's a very reliable guy. He's currently tight end seven, and for him to move up two spots, I don't think is impossible. So I'm going to give myself a 65% confidence on this one. Can I just say something that um, illustrates how terrible tight ends have been this year? Colby Parkinson. Do you guys know what team he plays for? No. no. Yeah, it, like he's a <laughs> he's a Seattle Seahawks second uh, second string tight end. He has more fantasy points than the following players: Dawson Knox, Noah Fant, Mike Gesicki, Cameron Brait, Dalton Schultz. Uh, let's see. Oh, Cole Komet, George Kittle, like the Austin Hooper, Hunter Henry. These are all guys, and some of them have missed a game or or perhaps two in Kittle's defense. But still, the dude has less than 25 points through four weeks, and he has more points than a slew of tight ends that we drafted as potential starters on our teams. So tight end this year, if you have – Pat Fryermuth, if you drafted Tyler Higbee, Gerald Everett, you won the draft because you didn't commit a, a high-end pick, and you still have a tighter, uh, a starting-level tight end. Now, back to your hot take. I, too, am pretty warm about Pat Fryermuth being a top-five tight end. He's tight end seven right now. He's 4.1 points behind Tyler Higbee. Um, he has dominated the target share, truthfully. I mean, he's the only the only guy in the Steelers week in, week out that has ranked um, highly in the target category. I mean, last week he had nine. Week three he did only have four. Um, but the first two weeks he had 17 between those two games. Just had a career high 85 yards in, in the week four loss to the Jets. Now he's got a new QB, but I'm still confident that Pat Fryermuth will remain firmly in the tight end one category. So I'm going to say... Um, I'll join you with like a six out of ten. That's my temperature on the take. Yeah, I'll give a I'll give it a seven on that one. I think with the changing of the quarterback in Pittsburgh, I think hopefully the offense will be on the field a little bit more, which would obviously benefit him. And I think with Kenny Pickett being quarterback, he might get a few more targets, maybe another touchdown. And with the difference from him and Tyler Higby right now being only four points, I think it's definitely doable. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with a seven as well. It looked like Pickett looked uh, Pat's way a lot when he played in that second half, and I mean the top five tight end one and two are Kelsey and Andrews, and then the last four is probably between Everett or the last three is gonna be between these four guys: Everett, Fryermuth, uh, Higby, and uh, Hawkinson. And it could go either way with any of those guys, but yeah, I think Pat finishes in that top five. Al's hot takes of week five. Right there, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to change my segment from last week. So I did the prices right. Um, I, did, I didn't like that. I felt like the flow was too choppy. So we're just going to keep it simple. 
start, sit, trade. I'm going to give you three players. You're going to have to decipher the two that you want to keep on your team as your starter and the the backup. And the third, do you want to cash in on the trade value of one player? And if so, who will that be? So, Al, I'm going to start with you at the quarterback position. you got three players, start, sit, trade, Jared Goff, Joe Burrow, and Russell Wilson. You're on the clock. I'm going to sound crazy for saying this if this was, you know, any other season. But um, I think right now the guy that I do not want on my team is Russell Wilson. Um, He showed a little bit last week, you know, um, in week four. But through the first three weeks, he didn't do anything. And if that's any telltale sign, then um, I don't want him on my team. Um, I think I'm going to start Joe Burrow and sit Jared Goff, but I think uh, Jared Goff's definitely a good a good option, too, to have on the team. To you, Tyler, three players right here, one of which is on your team, two of which are on your team. Brees Hall, Miles Sanders, Najee Harris. Start, sit, trade. I'm starting Najee Harris. I don't care what anyone says. He's still starting on my team. Um, Steelers for life. Right yeah, I, I wait. I used a first round pick on him. He is starting. Brees Hall, I'm gonna sit. He's someone that I think he's doing well. I think he'll pick it up later too. Miles Sanders, what did he do this week? I got his number somewhere. He had uh, a hundred twenty-seven point six points, one hundred thirty-four yards, two touchdowns, I believe. Yep. So I'm trading him. His value is really high right now. Hopefully, get something out of him. That aligns with what. I I would do as well. Um, definitely cash in on Miles Sanders. You don't really want to trade Najee Harris when his value is suppressed. And back to you, Al. Um, that's why I wouldn't trade Russell Wilson. I feel like his value is still suppressed even after a, a strong week. I would try and ship off someone that carries more luggage with his name, uh, maybe Joe Burrow. Um, but I would keep Brees Hall and Najee Harris in, in that trio. Um, Nick, over to you. Start, sit, trade. Leonard Fournette, Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook. All right. Um, this is a tough one. I'm going to start off with my my trade. I think I'm trading Dalvin Cook. I think his name has a little more value than Mixon's. Um, I'm going to – so I think I could get a little more for him. I'm going to bench Mixon and hope that the O-line can – open up even the smallest hole for him to run through. And I'm going to start Leonard Fournette because of the volume and the offense. Good explanation. I mean, Dalvin Cook, his value is somewhat suppressed, but I, I, I agree he's out of that trio. I don't want him on my team um, compared to the other two. Al, I'm going to flip it back to you. All right, start, sit, trade. Hollywood Brown, CeeDee Lamb, and Mike Evans. Um, I'll do the same thing Nick just did. I'll start out with the trade. I'm going to trade Mike Evans. I think um, everyone's real hyped up about him right now. Um, I think Chris Godwin can steal some targets, will still steal yeah, some baby. targets. Um, and then I believe that uh, Hollywood Brown um, can sit on my bench and C.D. Lamb would start for me. I think Hollywood Brown still has the potential um, not that he has more t- potential than Mike Evans, but his name is not as big as Mike Evans, so I think I'd get more of a haul back from Evans. Yeah, 
Um, you probably answered that as well as I could. Hollywood Brown's a wide receiver six right now. Um, however, I feel like people are willing to discredit him way quicker than the others just because he has DeAndre Hopkins coming back into the offense. They're willing to sell him short. I would keep him on my team. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I, I like CD as well. He's a guy that I want on my team as well. Mike Evans, he is coming off of that monstrous 100-yard game and multi-touchdown game. Um, yeah, cash in while he's high. Tyler, now this one is a trio of rookie wide receivers. Start, sit, trade, Chris Olave, Drake London, and Garrett Wilson. Yeah, I'm going to be starting Drake London on this one. Uh, I know he only got 1.7 points last week with only two receptions, but he still got seven targets, and I think going forward he'll probably um, hopefully haul some of those more in, and it'll look a little better. And then as for my sit, I'm going to be sitting Garrett Wilson. He did have that big week, week two, with 22 points, but other than that it's been five, six, four, so hopefully he's going to develop some chemistry with Zach Wilson coming back and maybe see something from him there. And then my trade, Chris Olave's had two good weeks. He's got 14.7 and uh, 12.7. But um, what am I, Michael Thomas was also out this week. I don't know if he's still going to be producing as well. His value is higher than I think it might be later. I like Olave. I definitely want him on my team. He has two weeks with 13 targets. Um, he's the guy that I am definitely starting out of anybody his volume just warrants um the 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 starting spot on my team the other two are up in the air they're both guys that i don't think are going to stay consistent at all for the rest of the season i'd probably trade away garrett wilson um he's in a crowded he's in the most crowded wide receiver room drake london's a guy that i'm trying to sell high right now but after a down week i'm really not willing to ship him away um, for a cheaper price. So, Nick, I'm going to go to you with my last one, start-sit trade, a trio of tight ends firmly in the middle of the tight end one range, Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, and Gerald Everett. What are you going to do? Uh, I'm trading Ertz because his value is at the highest. It'll be all season. Hop's coming back soon. A.J. Green will be healthy. Rondell Moore's now healthy, and Hollywood Brown's still there. And Zach Ertz will still get a few targets a game, but it'll be phased out. But he's been fantastic to start the season, so get what you can for him now. Um, starting Gerald Everett because he's in an explosive offense. He has the most upside out of these three tight ends. And Dallas Goddard will be on my bench because he's a great fallback option. Expert answer right there. Uh, well done. Stole the words out of my mouth. Tyler, it's time to play a little guess who. All right, you know how this one goes. I'll give you some hints. You guess the players. We'll start off with Colin. First guess. First hint quarterback averaging 282 passing yards per game quarterback averaging 282 passing yards a game i'm gonna go with carson wentz no this quarterback has also thrown 11 touchdowns which is tied for first nick what's your guess oh shit um well <laughs> my first guess was going to be russell wilson but that is not not who that's going to be uh jared Goff. Nick, you suck. I want to. I really want to go through the rest of my get or rest of my hints, but yeah, it's Jared Goff. Um, I'm sorry. My next hint was going to be that he has 16 rushing yards on the season, since there's also two other quarterbacks that have 11 touchdowns. I believe one of them being Lamar Jackson. But Jared Goff is has some pretty good numbers recently. Yeah, he's yeah, okay. he's red hot and 
top five quarterback right now. I'm a big Jared Goff guy, man. <laughs> All right, Al, I'll start with you on this one. We got a running back, averaging 56 rushing yards per game. Um, Ch. Wrong, Colin. This running back also has 17 receptions this year. 17 receptions. Um, I'm at a loss right now. Let's go with. What are you thinking? Throw some names out. Let's go with uh, 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 Christian McCaffrey. It's not Christian McCaffrey. Nick, next hint. This running back has the most red zone touches among all RBs this year at 17. Mm. Sounds like a really um, valuable player if you ask me. Uh, Devin Singletary. It is not Devin Singletary. Al, do you have any yeah. uh, preliminary guess before I give this hint? Um, what are you thinking? Just walk me through your thought process. Well, my thought process there was whenever you said the red zone touches, I actually also went to uh, Devin Singletary, but that was a little bit short on the receptions in my opinion. So then I was thinking Aaron Jones, but then I think the yardage is a little short. So, All right, I'll give you your next hint. So despite those 17 red zone touches, this running back only has one touchdown on the season. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think he's actually on my team and i think he's actually my team name this is well this is al's guess so colin you, oh, you, you gave the hint i knew who it was but you go ahead and take I, it is is joe mixon it's he, joe mixon he's a bum he's a bum he keeps running into a brick wall and he can't find the end zone uh thank god he found it last week otherwise he would have made me look like a dog shit manager um yeah he's been upsetting me give me the next one i'm i'm going first shot right here i don't know if you will we got we're into pass catchers so tight end or wide receiver and this player has a 24 percent target share on his team it's pretty vague yeah. um so 24 percent. i'm gonna go with aj brown it's not aj brown nick this player also is averaging 15 yards per reception Debo. Not Debo. Al, next hint. This player is playing with a new quarterback this year. Oh, damn, that took my guess away. Um, Where does that narrow it down? Well, I, 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 my, in my head I had Travis Kelsey, but um, oh, uh. new quarterback this year. I mean, if you, if you don't count – Week one? Are you talking CD Lamb last year? New quarterback. What? Okay. What are you doing? I'm uh, at a loss. You're at a loss. I'm no a guess. Loss. No guess. All I, right, I said CD Lamb. I don't know if I give a, give another hint for that. I think I think um, it's Hollywood Brown. It's not Hollywood it's Brown. It's not Hollywood Brown. You're full right. of shit. Nick, do you want a hint? I think I know it, but sure, give me the hint. They have. I'm, I'm going to say Tyreek Kill, but I want the hint anyway. <laughs> Okay, they have zero touchdowns this year. Oh, shit. Uh, never mind. It is not Tyree Kill. It is. Oh, I think I got it. No touch. No touchdowns on the whole season? None. Clock's not ticking. One. Clock is ticking. Al has it. Uh, uh, Juju. 
It's not Juju. Last hint. This player plays in the NFC South. Oh, I'll just not have it. I don't have it either. <laughs> um, so it's either Saints, South. Bucks, Panthers, or Falcons. Well, I'm going to go with DJ Moore. Wrong. Should I reveal? I think you should. Kyle Gar- Pitts. Kyle Pitts. Damn. He has a 24% target share still. I yes. did not think and it would be that high. And he's a tight end 22 or whatever right now. And he's my starting tight end. Wow. I think he's isn't he averaging like 4 fantasy points a week right now? Wow. With a 24% yeah. target That's share. Ridiculous. He is. That is ridiculous. That is what I wanted to highlight here with this player. Huh, that that was a good one. That was That's that incredible. was a really good one cuz those those stats should not be Kyle Pitts type tell me, stats with t- Tell me he's got 3 games below 4 fantasy points. 3 out of 4 games are below Four fantasy points with, with a fourth of the shares. Yeah, wow. I, I think mean, I mean, last week, a fourth of the receptions on the Falcons last week is is two receptions. It's less than two. <laughs> You're so, right. I would, seven also, I believe he had like one very big catch last week and then didn't see the ball the rest of the game. I concur with that statement. Any more guess who's? I got one more if we got time. Yep, let's do it. All right, who's yeah, first? I am. You're always first. Yep. <laughs> All right. This pass catcher has 16 receptions. Allen Robinson. No. All right, Nick. They also have three touchdowns this year. Okay. So they scored a high rate. Um, Christian Kirk. It is not Christian Kirk. Al, we got 78 receiving yards per game this year. So 16 receptions. Three touchdowns and 78 receiving yards per game. Splash play guy. Um, Splash play guy or hasn't played every game? Oh, that, mm, I wasn't even thinking that. That gave me, oh. that gave me it. I'm on it. I don't know. Um, I was I was thinking of a splash play guy. I was thinking like a DK, but 16 is way too short for DK. Um yeah, I don't, I don't got it. No. All right, I'll give you another hint to Colin. 19 fantasy points per game. Mike Evans. Mike Evans. A, yeah, the uh, that little clue there. Yeah, uh, that, that. Off comment, three games um, that benefited me. But, yeah, that's, a, that's another good one. All right, time for a game of the week. Real quick, we have Woody sitting at 2-2 two and two, playing against Colin Weehand, the Tattletale Strangler. He is 3-1. and one. So Woody's got Lamar, Nick Chubb, Miles Sanders, Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, Deontay Johnson, David Njoku, and he also has Jamal Williams filling out his starting lineup. It's terrifying. I'm not going to lie. Um, his team is absolutely terrifying, but if anybody's going to beat it, it's Colin Wien. He has Kyler Murray, Derrick Henry, Saquon, Amon Ross coming back. He has Mike Williams. He drafted Christian Kirk. He also has Zach Ertz and Curtis Samuel. So Nick. Who do you have this week in the game of the week? Is Amon Ra playing? I think so. He's questionable day-to-day. I think he'll play. All right, I'm taking Colin. Al, who do you have? Um, I'm going to go with Woody. Uh, He's put up 130 points every week. Uh, I'm going with Woody. Tyler. Well... I'm just gonna go with Woody too. It protects me in our final standings for this, uh, for for our rankings on this. But I also think Woody will win. So I am siding with my guy Woody as well. Um, 
you know, personal bias. I feel like Nick and I both are taking our homies in this matchup. Those are our homies. Mm-hmm. But Woody's got too much punch in his lineup between Lamar, Nick Chubb, Justin Jefferson, and Tyreek Hill to stay silent. He's going to come out victorious. Do we have any last-minute remarks, fellas? All I'm saying all. is it's a it's it's a great day to be alive. <laughs> to be one and three. To be one and three. All right, let's get the hell out of here. Follow us on our socials: uh, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube at Wagme Fantasy. Subscribe to Winning with Wagme. The what, Tyler? The New York Times of fantasy football. Amen. At WagmeFantasy.com, it'll give you all the tools and insight you need to become a better fantasy manager. That is all. We will see you next week.